Girlfriends, episode number 15, The Truth About Prayer. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. How are you? I'm glad you're here for another episode. Glad you're spending some time with me again this week. I am wiped out, but grateful. Um, I've been super, super busy. And I actually, it's a pet peeve of mine when people go around saying how busy they are. So I try not to do it. But honestly, it's been a little bit crazy around here with the amount of traveling that I've been having to do for work and for um, a couple of different speaking engagements, which I love. That's why I say I'm grateful. Um, I'm freshly back from Kansas City. I went to Kansas City this weekend for the Kansas City Catholic Women's Conference there. They had over 600 women. What a great event. What a beautiful parish. What a bunch of lovely women. So enthusiastic. Honestly, I sold out of all my books in like a minute. And I was just so grateful for the warm reception that people gave me and how happy they were that I was there. And it was just such a super positive event. Um, but I came back, um, you know, late on Saturday night, and I'm recording this on Sunday, trying to squeeze it in between all the rides and driver's ed and the different masses um, that were involved in. But I wanted to mention having met up with Kelly Walquist. Some of you might be familiar with her. She was another speaker at the Kansas City Catholic Women's Conference. And she has this beautiful ministry called Wine, which is very clever, Women in the New Evangelization. And I'm going to link that up in the show notes because I'd love for people to check it out. Really great work that Kelly's doing. And I was really grateful to have some time and be able to spend um, on Friday night, go out to dinner with her and a couple of other lovely ladies. So it was really great getting to connect with people like that. Um, it's been a crazy spring for the amount of travel that I'm doing. I have another quick trip for Catholic Digest work this week. Then I'm in Connecticut over the next weekend. So if you're in the Connecticut area, I'm going to post that in the show notes where that's going to be. I'd love for you to come out and meet me. It's a small group that I'm going to be speaking at next weekend on Saturday. So, But after that, it's going to slow down. So I'm looking forward to doing just baseball. Huh? That's funny. Just baseball in the coming weeks. So like I said, I'm wiped out but grateful. Baseball season is in full swing, and I think I need to maybe go back and listen to last week's podcast because I, I think I'm, I'm out of practice for handling the busy routines of baseball and handling the back and forth and the practices and keeping everybody's schedule straight and all of that. But I'll get back into it, I'm pretty sure. But getting to this week's topic... Um, this week, I'm talking about the truth about prayer. And really, this is inspired by the interview that I'm featuring this week with Hallie Lord, um, a little bit of what Hallie shared about her relationship with God and what she came to understand about her spiritual growth kind of inspired me that I thought, I, maybe I have more to say about that. In fact, I say a little bit in the interview, and then I'm going to expand upon it. So what I'm going to do is a little bit different. I'm going to play the interview up front here, and then I'm going to share a little bit of my thoughts after the interview. And hopefully we'll still have time to get everything in because I do have some feedback and stuff that I want to share at the end of the show this week. So without waiting any further, I'm going to share... Um, my interview that I, I 
taped with Hallie Lord a couple of weeks ago. You can hear my raspy voice in this. Um, I did a, a lot of interviews when I thought I was feeling 100% better, and I really was feeling better, but I think my voice was still pretty much suffering. So anyway, bear with my voice. And, um, you know, really, Hallie is such a joy to listen to, and everything she shares is really inspiring and thought-provoking, I think. So um, I'll share the interview with you, and then we'll talk more about it afterwards. So take a listen. Hey, girlfriends, who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. Hey, everyone. I am so happy to be welcoming a special guest here today on Girlfriends. Hallie Lord is with us. Hallie is a colleague of mine. I actually wrote one of the chapters in her first book, so that was an exciting project. But she's also a dear friend of mine. Hallie is an author, a speaker, radio host, and co-founder of the Adele Gathering. I know you know about that. She lives in South Carolina with her husband, Dan, and their seven enchanting children. Her newest book, On the Other Side of Fear, How I Found Peace, will be released this summer. You can connect with her anytime at HallieLord.com. And Hallie, I'm so glad we're connecting here today. Welcome to Girlfriends. Thank you. I am too, Danielle. It's so nice to be here. Yeah, I've been really looking forward to our conversation because I love listening to you. And I know that you you fill in on as a, a host on Jennifer Fulweiler's show and do an amazing job at that. So I'm just really looking forward to everything that you're going to share here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Great, great. And um, I want to make sure we talk a little bit about your book before we get to the questions, because um, I heard you speak recently at the Women's Conference in Buffalo, where you spoke about fear, and then the, the topic of your newest book is going to be fear. Maybe you can just give us a few sentences describing what that's about. Yeah, basically, it is a compilation of essays Each one has its own lesson woven into it, but they're all personal stories about the journey that God took me on to overcome fear. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to be very fearful. It wasn't even that I had an anxiety disorder. I just was so scared of everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm a con. You know how it is as a Catholic, once you give your life to God, I mean, he takes you down all sorts of crazy paths. And so he did that with us and my family. And we had all sorts of struggles and he asked all sorts of challenging things. And I found myself so paralyzed by fear that I couldn't fully embrace the path that he had set out before me. Mm -hmm. So I asked him to help me learn how to overcome fear and being the good, merciful God that he is, he did. And he taught me all of these amazing lessons. And it was about a year ago that I was going through a really hard time and a friend of mine said, how are you feeling? Are you really scared? And I thought, I'm really not anymore. You know, God, yeah, he's shown me how to trust in him and how to find that peace, which is not to say that I never, ever struggle with fear, Mm -hmm. but it's almost like a nine step program. Is it nine steps? I I can't remember. Maybe it's 12. 12 steps. Yes. (laughs) It's like a 12 step program. We're like, I know now when I'm overcome with fear, how to work the steps, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's kind of what I write about in the book. That's wonderful. And that's such a needed um, topic for us to cover these days, because I think we all live with fear. It it plays out differently in different people's lives, but it's a very paralyzing thing. And it's something that I know I personally have experienced comes between me and God. If I let it, it becomes Absolutely. something, it's an absolute obstacle to your relationship with your creator. And so I'm just, I'm really looking forward to your book. So that's coming out this summer, right? Thank you. It is. And it is available for pre-order already on Amazon. 
it's so funny. We don't have the cover up or the description, but there's a, there's a little placeholder and it makes me so excited. To nice. See <laughs> That's so great. It's like having a baby. This is the next stage. No, I know. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we're looking forward sure. to that. So let's talk about the questions here. I sent these to you ahead of time so you'd have a little time to think about them, but I ask everyone the same questions here and I love what everyone's been sharing. So I'm looking forward to what you have to share about a triumph that you've experienced in your life, Hallie. When did you ever feel a sense of accomplishment or achievement, whether it was in your work or your personal life? Yeah, well, this is almost, it's kind of connected to the fear thing because it was about three years ago. I had just had my son, Charlie, and he, to this day, remains the worst sleeper I have ever had. I mean, he never sleeps. He doesn't nap. <laughs> He's just a crazy kid. Mm-hmm. And my husband was working two jobs, and we had all these financial struggles. And, you know, at that point, we had six kids. And one day, God very clearly told me that I was supposed to start a women's conference. And I was like, you are out of your mind. You are crazy. I can't do this. And he kept giving me these signal graces. So one of the signal graces, I'm going to tell you about it because it's kind of a cool story, sure. was that I was on the phone with my friend Jen Fulweiler, who runs the conference with me. And we were like, okay, we're not going to do this. There's no way we're going to do this. But if we did do this, what would it be? <laughs> and we both got quiet for a minute. And I came back on the phone and I said, do you know that scene in the movie Beautiful Girls uh, starring Timothy Hutton, where they're all gathered around the piano and they all come together, he and all of his friends, and sing Sweet Caroline. I said, I want to create that camaraderie and that kind of support system. Mm-hmm. And she got silent And she said, oh, my gosh, you know, that's the same scene that just popped into my head. No way. Yeah. Well, it gets crazier. So anyway, after crazy signal graces, including our husbands signing off on this, which we never thought would happen. Right. We end up launching this conference. And so I fly to Austin where we're hosting it. And we do the walkthrough at the hotel. And then we sit down to have lunch downstairs in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And... I'm sitting there and like my jaw drops and Jen looks at me and says, what is wrong with you? Why are you making that face? And I I couldn't even speak, but she soon found out because the maitre d' walks up to the table next to us, pulls out the chair and down sits Timothy Hutton, the star of What? Get out of town. I know. (laughs) So it was so crazy. And you know, he doesn't even live in Austin. He lives in New York. Oh my gosh. To me, it was this moment of God saying, you know, when you overcome your fears, because I was kind of terrified of doing this. Who wouldn't be? Right. Oh, you're crazy. This is the worst idea you've ever had. I don't know what you're thinking, you know, but I managed to overcome them. And it was just this great moment of like, okay, do you see now? Like, I know I've got to bring Timothy Hutton to Austin to convince (laughs) you. Do you see now? So he can do all things, even bring Timothy Hutton to Austin. I love that story. That is so amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I felt like it was this moment, like I'd been so consumed with fear. And it was this moment of saying like, wow, I did it. I overcame my fear. I listened to God, even though I thought he was asking too much of me. And then it was like, okay, you know, I I see what you're doing here. And it was just this wonderful feeling of like, this is what happens. These graces and this comfort and this, I don't know, this sense of being close to God when you manage to overcome your fears and just do what he's asking of you. Right. 
Yeah. And I think we can all experience that, but it's taking that first terrifying step. I think that's where many of us get paralyzed. So that's a very encouraging story. Yeah. I love it. And I love the, that, that what you guys do with the adult conference and it just has such a positive vibe online. I've never attended, but I feel like I have because I follow through social media and see everyone just really connecting in that way that you described, just building that kind of camaraderie. I hope so. I mean, it's so a sense of community for Catholic women is so needed and so important. And so many other people are doing so much wonderful work to encourage that sense of community. And I'm just glad that I get to participate in my own small way. Yeah, well, you do a wonderful job. So um, looking forward to future achievements of that kind to do with the Adele Conference. Um, But let's move on to the next question, where um, I'm going to ask you, Hallie, to share with us about a mistake you once made, whether it was professional or personal. And what did you learn from that mistake? Okay, this is kind of a silly story. But I was trying to come up with a story. And I mean, I make mistakes every day. Like, my life is a walking mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, welcome to humanity. (laughs) Exactly. And so I remembered this very silly thing that happened, but that actually plagued me for a long time until I realized something. So the story is this. I had just gotten married. My husband is from the Deep South. And we were in our new house, and I had my in-laws over for dinner. And I was so excited, you know. My mom is this wonderful homemaker, but she also is a very, um, she's a feminist, you know, Mm -hmm. in in the way that a lot of women in the 70s are. And so I think she was always kind of at war with herself. Like, she did all the homemaking stuff. I mean, she was like the master of it, but she didn't really teach us how to do it. I think she was just kind of like, I don't know, her, the way this feminist movement that she embraced kind of made her feel conflicted about that. So anyway, I came into marriage not having any idea how to cook. I mean, none. And so I got out all my cookbooks and I did my best to make this amazing meal. And we're sitting down and there's music playing and I've lit the candles and we start to eat the salad and it's gritty because I didn't wash the lettuce leaves. Oh no. And it was so terrible because it's like the deep South, like women in the deep South know how to cook. Yeah, they know how to wash the lettuce leaves. So we're all sitting there with like mouths full of dirt. And I was mortified. Oh my gosh. And for some reason, it took me a really long time to get over that. It was just one of those like moments of spiritual attack that just kind of gets its claws into you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And so, but it was interesting because I later saw a video It was a talk that Sir Ken Robinson gave about education. Mm -hmm. And the point he made was that we have a real problem today in the schools because they're teaching kids to be afraid of failure when we should be teaching kids to embrace failure because Mm -hmm. failure is how we learn. Failure is how, you know, every person who's done something amazing, who, you know, Steve Jobs, anyone, um, they have a trail of failures behind them and that's how they got to where they were. And so hearing that made me realize I should be leaning into failure. I should be throwing myself into life with such zeal that I'm failing every single day so that I can move closer to achieving whatever it is God wants me to achieve. Mm Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That is amazing. And you obviously have applied that to your homemaking because you share <laughs> you share beautifully, though, about, you know, the ways in which you, you've grown in that respect. And not having grown up with a mom that's right there, you know, standing at her elbow while she's working in the kitchen, teaching you everything, that's a real handicap going into family life. 
Yes. Well, my young son yesterday told me um, he was at one of his friends' house, and apparently this mother is just a master homemaker, you know? Oh, and I gosh. Was like, well, we keep our house pretty clean. And he looks at me and he's like, not 85% of the time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. What a little snarky kid. I love it. It's terrible. Like, where did he come up with a number 85? Oh, yeah, right. He's, so, he's got it all calculated in his head. Oh, I know. He's so sweet. And I think he like, he didn't, like, as soon as it came out of his mouth, he's like, uh-oh. Whoops. <laughs> you know? Sorry, mom. I think it's kind of true. That's that's life in a large family. And that's kind of it what is. I told him is that like you choose what's important to you. Is it important to you to have an immaculate house or is it important to you <laughs> to have lots of kids or to has God given you some other road that doesn't right. leave a lot of time for cleaning? Whatever he's calling you to, you know, you can have this safe, tidy life. And mm-hmm. certainly some people are just naturally better at it than I am. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it was a good lesson to him. Like, what do you really value? Do you want us to have all these wonderful babies? And do you want to have all these brothers and sisters? Or do you want the perfect house? Right. And, you know, that's something I've experienced, too, as my kids visit other kids' houses. Some of them will come home with that. Like, oh, wow, their house is so big. Or, you know, they have right. this fancy car. And, you know, their eyes kind of get open to the world a little bit. And they see, like, not everybody's doing things exactly like we are. But I love that you, you had that conversation with your son because that's ultimately what we want them to be learning are these you know these are our priorities these are our values these are the choices that we've made that I don't regret that sacrifice they cost us something in a way you know um I remember my son Stephen who I think he was probably about 12 at the time when he went to a friend's house he came back and he's like well you can tell his mom doesn't work outside the home and I was like (laughs) What? What are you talking about? He starts telling me how organized her kitchen is and whatnot. And you know what? Honestly, I was like, you know what, Stephen? Even if I wasn't working and I'm I'm, I'm home, I work from home, you know, 80% of the time. But I said, even if I wasn't, I still wouldn't be good at that stuff. You know, know. know. it's not my gift. It's just not. But you know what else? God gave me daughters and some of them have that gift. So it's it's a very actually some of my sons do too so you know what goes around comes around everything gets balanced in the end absolutely yeah okay well let's let's fit in one more question before we get to your lightning round um what is the best advice you've ever received Hallie who gave it to you and how do you try to implement it okay so it was a few years in after my conversion I'm a convert I converted 15 years ago this Easter and I was so frustrated that I was not making better spiritual progress. I went into the confessional and I was like, I have this homemaking binder and I have every minute of every day scheduled. And it's like, I wake up early and I say a rosary and then I make a hot breakfast and then I take the kids on a nature walk. And like, it went on and on. Yeah, He was, and I had like all these spiritual practices and he was like, you know, how long have you been a Catholic? And I said, Oh, about two years. And he said, I know, you know, you're young. I know that probably feels like a lot, but you're still a baby Catholic. And he Mm -hmm. said, you know, if you were going to run a marathon, you wouldn't lace up your shoes and walk out the front door and expect to be able to run 26 miles. Right. You know, you would do a blocks and then three blocks and then a mile. And he said the same is true in the spiritual life. The journey is an important part of what God's doing in our lives. You know, he could make us a saint in an instant if he wanted to, but he doesn't because he wants us to experience this journey and again, learn from our mistakes and become more reliant on him and more humble. And he said, you have to trust in the slow work of God. And that just changed my life as a person, as a mother, a wife, as a Catholic. That is probably the most profound advice and just the most life-changing because 
it allowed me to give myself like um mercy you know mm-hmm. and and once i did that was once i wasn't so hard on myself i actually started making quicker progress in the spiritual life though i still have eons of you know to go sure but um when you're beating yourself up, you know, you just kind of feel so demoralized. But when you say, look, you know, this is a journey and you're going to make mistakes and you can learn from those and you can go grow closer to God. I don't know that that really helps you to lean into him and, mm-hmm. and kind of surrender. And when we surrender, I think surrender is synonymous with spiritual growth. And yeah. so when we can do that, that's that's really when we start to see ourselves making strides in the spiritual life. Wow, that's beautiful. I love that thought of trusting in the slow work of God that yeah. I mean, that just gives me goosebumps because it's so real and it's so true that that's how God works. He right. doesn't he doesn't make us praise him and pray to him and he doesn't want these things for for his sake. Like he doesn't need us to tell him how great he is. We right. we need us to tell him how great he is. You know, Absolutely. he doesn't need us to say, God, you're my everything. We need to, to be saying that. That's for us that he wants yeah. that. It's all about that. And I've experienced that myself in my own spiritual life, that idea of like prayer, you know, to me, prayer used to mean like words, you say the words, you know, you say the words and you talk to God and, you know, whatever. But I realized, you know, as I've, I've grown a little bit and like you, I have eons to go, but as I've grown, I've realized it's not about what you say. It's about being, it's about being in the presence of God. It's about listening to God. And it's about that connection, that relationship ultimately is what prayer is supposed to be about. And that applies to all of it. You know, what you're talking about, that, that learning to trust is also building that relationship. And yeah. he, he works in beautifully slow and, but very effective ways. If we can just get over ourselves. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? It's so true. So very true. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. All right, well, we've got enough time here to do your lightning round, Hallie, where we do 60 seconds of fast, fun questions. Many women have come and gone before you, and they've all survived, <laughs> so you're going to be all right. Okay. <laughs> okay, so are you ready? Let me get my, my stopwatch set here. Okay, I'm ready. All right, so this is Hallie Lord's lightning round on the Girlfriends Podcast. Here we go. All right, when you get a rare moment alone, Hallie, what guilty pleasure do you indulge in? I take a bath. Oh, that's lovely. Yes. Okay, and we all know you love fashion. So what's your current favorite pair of shoes? Oh, my gosh. I just got the cutest pair of boots. They're kind of ankle boots. They're scrunchy, and they have a black heel on them. I got them because I'm going to New York, and I am so excited about them. I'm, I'm going to want to see those on Instagram. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, great. All right, coffee or tea? Coffee. All right, Twitter or Facebook? Oh, gosh. Um, Facebook. Okay. Now, we all know you're a hopeless romantic, so what's your dream getaway for you and your husband, Dan? Oh, somewhere on the beach. I love the beach. Nice. And years from now, when we are reading about St. Hallie Lord, (laughs) um, what will she be the patron saint of? She will be the patron saint of... People who feel frustrated that they are not moving more quickly in the spiritual life and finally, at long last, discover that they can lean into the slow work of God and find peace there. Wow, that's beautiful. I'm going to be praying to you (laughs) if you go before me. We all need that, patron saint. (laughs) Great job. You survived the lightning round. And I've really enjoyed our conversation. But before we have to say goodbye, Hallie, can you maybe just tell, tell, tell us what you're working on these days, what you're excited about? What are you looking forward to? 
I think I'm really most excited about the release of my new book, On the Other Side of Fear, How I Found Peace. It's, it will be out in August, and it's the first book that I've written all on my own. I've contributed to books, I've edited books, but this is the first one that really tells the story of what God did in my life and how he changed my life. And so I really can't wait for that to be released. That's going to be wonderful. I'm really looking forward to it, too. And like we said, you can pre-order it now, and uh, we'll put that link up on the show notes at daniellebean.com. But to learn more about Hallie and all that she's involved in, go to hallielord.com. That's H-A-L-L-I-E and L-O-R-D. So thank you so much for all the work that you do and for especially the the very open way that you speak about fear and anxiety. It's such a needed voice in today's world, Hallie. Well, thank you so much for having me. As you know, you have long been a huge inspiration to me. So it was an absolute honor to be invited. Wonderful. Well, we really enjoyed having you here. And now you're officially one of the girlfriends. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for making the time. Thank you. All right. God bless you. So don't you just love what Hallie shared there, especially about that idea of trusting in the slow work of God? What that really made me think about um, was the way in which my approach to prayer has kind of changed from the time when I was young. You know, being a cradle Catholic, I, you know, my prayer life goes way back to when I was just a toddler and, you know, repeating memorized prayers. And, um, you know, looking back, I can see that the way I approach prayer and the way I approach my relationship with God has really changed. And I know I have a long way to go toward sainthood, but I am working toward a greater understanding of what 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 prayer really means, what it's meant to be, what the truth about it is. And I, I feel like I'm coming to a greater understanding of that, mostly the hard way, because I experience um, a lot of sometimes disappointment in my prior life, I found um, definitely when I was younger, I was just so, I guess, I, I guess I would say naive in a way, but it, it's also kind of beautiful in a way when I look back on it, because it's sweet. The way that my husband and I both were with regard to our spiritual lives early in our marriage was, you know, we were on fire with our faith and we loved our family and we wanted to give our all to our family. And it was, it was really very, a very special time looking back on those early years of our marriage and the way we approached our prayer life together and individually that, um, but looking back, it is naive to me because I feel like I approached God and I approached, approached prayer thinking I'm trusting in God, but what I really was trusting was that nothing really bad was ever going to happen. It's kind of easy to fall into that trap, maybe, if everything's going as you want it to, if your life is going well, which of course it was for us early on. Um, but I think maybe the first time I ever felt disappointed or confused in that relationship with God, or I realized how how weak my faith really was, was when we had our third child, my son Ambrose, who has cystic fibrosis. And when he was diagnosed with that as a baby, I honestly, I really felt kicked in the teeth by God. Like, what the heck, God? I mean, what? I mean, I'm doing my deal here, you know, living out this faithful Catholic life, which is sacrificial in all these ways. And, you know, and I just really felt like, so nothing bad's supposed to happen. Although, you know, of course that's dumb. If you say it out loud, it sounds so stupid. Of course, there's never any guarantees in life and bad things happen to good people all the time. And, um, you know, God allows for suffering and evil in the world. And yet somehow I 
think I had this unspoken deal in my head with God, like thy will be done as long as it's my will. Um, so that was the very beginning of me maturing a little bit in in my spiritual life, I think, coming to terms with the idea that, yeah, bad things can happen. And what does your faith look like? And what, is it, what does it get transformed into? What does your prayer life turn into when you feel that way, when you feel betrayed by God, when you feel abandoned or left alone? Um, you know, those are some very very tricky things for I think for people to come to terms with, especially young people. When you're first coming to terms with it, it can be a very painful process. And it definitely was for me. You know, I think of like the great saints, you know, Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta, who's going to be canonized this coming September. She's one of my heroes. And yet, did you ever read her book where she shares about her spiritual darkness, her letters to her spiritual advisor? It's heartbreaking stuff. It really is. You just read that and you just are so deeply moved with compassion for this woman who is suffering these terrible feelings of loneliness, of abandonment. You know, I think sometimes we have the idea that if you're living out a faithful Catholic spiritual life, that you're going to always feel good about it and that it's going to, you're going to have this natural happiness about and contentment about the, where you are in your life. And yet it doesn't quite work out that way. You know, that Mother Teresa suffered these feelings of abandonment and being alone and was tormented by that idea that perhaps there is no God and these kinds of doubts. And yet she held fast to her faith through that. And it was really, I'm sure, God's way of testing her and drawing her ever closer to him in this mysterious way. Because to us, I think it looks crazy. Like, come on, God, this woman's doing everything for you. Look at this amazing work she's doing. Look at this sacrificial life life. She's leading. Look at all the people she's inspiring. You know, throw a woman a bone, you know, let her know you're there. Help her to help her to feel, you know, contentment and satisfaction in the work that she's doing. Help her to know that you're present. And yet, you know, she's such a great saint, such a lofty, lofty spiritual example for us that she persevered through that. Um, another saint that comes to mind that I, I think really persevered through similar feelings is St. Therese the Little Flower. If you've ever read some of her writings, some of her letters to her sisters, really impressive stuff in there. One, one time years ago, I read one of her letters, I think it was to her sister Celine, where she was sharing about that feeling of being left alone by God, that feeling of abandonment, that feeling that Jesus wasn't you know, wasn't making her feel loved in that, you know, really palatable way that, you know, that God was allowing her to feel abandoned. And the way that she described it to her sister, I'll never forget, was that, you know, she th she was always talking about the child Jesus, the baby Jesus. She just, you know, loved the infant Jesus. And she imagined herself as a plaything for him, like a ball that he liked to play with. And when he was done playing with it, it was put aside, like she felt like she was put aside and that she was working on feeling okay about that, working on feeling content to play that role and happy to ha have played that role for our Lord. Um, another time she, she talked about herself as being used like a broom. And what do you do with a broom when you're done sweeping the floor? You put it away in the corner and you don't think about it. And that's how she felt that God was was using her in in you know beautiful ways and um to do his work on earth and yet when he was when he was done with doing that when he was satisfied he set her aside 
I don't know about you, but that's terrifying to me. I need to feel like God is there. I need to feel like he's answering my prayers if I'm going to persevere in them. I am such a spiritual weakling. I am such a spiritual baby that I can't do it. I feel like I read those things and I am so scared that God will do something like that to me and then I'll just throw it all away. That, um, you know, so I'm working on trusting that God's not going to be asking more of me than I'm prepared to give, more of me than I'm prepared to do right now. And of course, that's always a struggle. And yet, I do feel, you know, I don't feel like I hear God's voice every day, but I do feel his presence in my life in, um, you know, in varying ways. You know, we all go through times of spiritual dryness, sometimes through our own fault. I mean, let's be honest here. Sometimes when I'm saying, oh, I've got this, I'm in the spiritual desert, it's my own fault because I'm not making time for God in the way that I should. I'm not getting myself to Mass as often as I should. I mean, you know, if you're just going once a week, I have opportunities to go during the week as well. I have opportunities to receive the Eucharist. Am I doing that? Not always. Am I getting to confession? Am I making use of the sacraments? Am I going to adoration, which also I have access to? You know, a lot of times it's my own fault when I'm feeling like God is far away because He's not. It's me who's moving away. And yet, you know, that temptation is there to feel like he's, you know, that we go through times when we feel real close to him and we feel like we hear his voice and we understand what his will is and all of that. But, you know, in in recent years, um, more so than struggling with the idea of being abandoned by God, because I do trust that he's not going to call me to any spiritual challenges that I'm not prepared to respond to. Um, But kind of coming to terms with that idea of a little bit of what Hallie was talking about, you know, trusting in that slow work of God, trusting in that, trusting in the building of your relationship with God, thinking and focusing more on building your relationship with God through prayer and through sacrifice every day. To me, that's my greatest challenge right now is is staying focused on that and not approaching prayer as I have in the past, like it's a gumball machine. You know, put in your requests. I said my rosary. I said my request. Now give me what I want. It's it's sometimes tempting to approach prayer like that, um, but that's not what God wants for us to get out of it. It's not supposed to be a gumball machine. It's supposed to be a building of relationship, a growing in trust and de- and recognizing our dependence upon God, that it's through that relationship with God that we build through talking with Him, through sitting in His presence, through reading His Word, through contemplating His life in the Gospels, that we we can come to have that understanding of who God is and what our relationship is to him we can come to know just how much he loves him us and grow in our own love for him and that is not instant gratification sorry i know i want it as much as anybody else it's not something that happens instantly it's not something where you're going to be like cha ching i did it i got it i got my gumball Prayer doesn't work like that. And so that's what I'm really coming to grow to understand, that it's not a gumball machine. I mean, I think it's, it, of course, praying for very specific things is, is a good thing. Um, you know, there's this this little book that I love to read. And um, sometimes when I'm feeling anxious about many things, as, you know, we women are tempted to do sometimes, I'll pull out this little book, and it's called The Book of Confidence. And if I can find it, I hope it's still in print. I'll, I'll link it up in the show notes on daniellebean.com so that you can check out this book. And it's it's this book by this priest. And really, it's just an encouragement to completely trust in God. 
It's an encouragement to grow in your prayer life, completely trusting that God's going to provide for your needs, to be more confident in our prayers, to pray, yes, very specifically for good things in our lives and to trust that God wants those good things for us, building that kind of trusting relationship. Um, So I love to read that book and it's very inspiring to me, but then it can be tempting to say, oh, I'm being confident. I'm picking X, Y, and Z. These are the things that I want in my life and for the people that I care about. And so God, of course, is going to provide them. Well, that's not really leaving openness to God's will in your life. I think the whole idea of that kind of trusting prayer and that kind of confident prayer is the the idea of building in your relationship with God, growing in love and trust and knowledge of Him by spending time with Him, by spending time in His presence, by opening yourself up to hear His voice. That is sometimes the hardest thing to do. I know sometimes I don't want to sit there at adoration and open myself up and just be silent and say, I'm listening, God, because let's be honest, we're afraid of what he's going to say. We're afraid of what he's going to ask us to do. So, um, you know, and not that I ever hear God's voice in these very clear ways in my life, but, you know, it's tempting to approach prayer like a gumball machine, like you're going to get your prize at the end of it. And that's way, way focused on the wrong things. It's focused on our own will. And really, prayer is supposed to be growing in trust and love and dependence on God in a way where you're going to open yourself up more and more to His will, where you're going to be wanting your will to align with His, and that's going to ultimately, I believe, be the only prayer any of us ever needs to pray. Once we, you know, when we make our great advancements in our spiritual life, I think that's the end goal of it, that the only thing we're going to want to pray is to know God's will. And so I've been working on that in recent weeks. I've been working on the idea of, in my prayer time, not talking so much not coming to prayer time like I'm running a meeting with an agenda and listing all the things that I want and need and listing the people that I want to pray for and all the different causes I want to pray for. I mean, it's good to pray specifically for people and for causes, but I think it's much more spiritually fruitful, at least for me right now in my life, to not so much bring an agenda to my prayer time, but to work on that relationship with God, to work on opening myself up to God in a way that is trusting of Him And really, ultimately, the prayer that I constantly am reminding myself to pray and the theme that I I try to bring to every uh, prayer time that I have and every time I'm attending Mass is, Jesus, help me to know and do your will. It's kind of a scary prayer to pray, actually, because, like I said, (laughs) sometimes we're afraid of what His will is going to be. So I think, you know, I... I think it's important that we talk about these topics and share about these topics. Everybody's in a different place in their spiritual lives. You know, Hallie was sharing about really being on fire shortly after her conversion and wanting to do all the things and, you know, really reach these great spiritual heights. And that's a great time. You know, and if in youthful enthusiasm, like I remember having in our early marriage is a beautiful thing. And I think it's, it's important to recognize where you are in that in that journey and what what your approach to your spiritual life is right now um so i'd love it if you'd share with me what some what are your thoughts on this topic what are your thoughts and what are your struggles with prayer have you ever felt betrayed or abandoned by god and what got you through that or are you still working through it what's your approach what do you find is the most fruitful way to approach prayer time with god and maybe maybe you could share with me some of the mistakes that you've made 
I would love your feedback on this topic. I feel like I could talk about this topic for hours, but I'm a little worried I'm going to spiral in circles here. So I'm going to stop here. But um, I want to encourage you to give me your feedback and um, let me know what your thoughts are on this topic, how you approach your prayer life, what your struggles are, and tell me about some of your triumphs too. I'd love to hear about that. It'd be really encouraging. You can always email me feedback at danielle at daniellebean.com or go to daniellebean.com and click the little tab to leave voice feedback. Some of you did that this week and I am so excited. Let's check out what some of our girlfriends have to say. First up is Mary. I just absolutely loved um, your most recent girlfriends post. Um, podcast with Catherine Whitaker. It was awesome. I'm sitting at home with the flu and um, absolutely love her and her website. Love you and your girlfriend's podcast. And it really got me through um, a rough morning, (laughs) just feeling sorry for myself and trying to um, feel better to get back to my life. And so, because I've had to drop so many things in the last few weeks to deal with sickness. So thanks so much, Danielle, for all you do for the um, Catholic community and um, for keeping Um, a sick mama like me, um, entertained uh, while um, going through the flu. And thanks, Catherine Whitaker, for um, all of your love and all of your great, great advice um, out in the blogging world. Just love your website and uh, love your message. God bless to both of you. Thanks so much for that, Mary. And Mary, I hope you're feeling better. The flu is absolutely no joke. You can't mess around with the flu. So I hope you are getting the rest you need so that you can feel better and you don't have to put out any podcasts from a sickie or anything embarrassing like that. So um, some of you might know Mary as Courtney's mom. She's I'm outing her a little bit here, Mary Lenneberg, who's um, the beautiful mother of Courtney, who has shared so beautifully her um, grown daughter's life and illness and eventually her end of life on social media in such an inspiring way. So I want to thank you back, Mary, for all that you shared with all of us over the years and continue to share as a grieving mom and the ways in which you and your husband are healing and finding joy in your new life and together with your son is really truly inspiring. So I'm going to link up Mary's blog in the show notes as well. So go to daniellebean.com to check that out. Hello, Danielle. Thank you so much for your podcast, girlfriends. I have really enjoyed it. A friend of mine from university told me about it, and I've loved it ever since. That was maybe five podcasts in. Um, I look forward to each episode as it comes out. I get excited for usually Mondays it comes out. Uh, my favorite um explanation portion of of your speaking has been changing your thoughts as well as your your podcast notes from a sickie. I loved it when you said that you you truly are the only one in your home who sweeps the floor. I laugh out loud at your podcast. I just love it. Um, My favorite guest has been Simka Fisher. Her cat story was so wonderful. She's just such a great person. and, and I remember you saying that there was some feedback around the voice interludes and theme music. I really, I, I enjoy it. I think it's fun, keeps the theme up, upbeat and, and keeps the podcast flowing really well. So uh, it's working for me. Keep doing what you're doing, Danielle. Um, 
I've done your your mom's uh, program, Momnipotent. I even used to read your your Faith and Family. I think it was called magazine that you edited. Say, I wanted to say my name, uh, Ginny Charlesworth. I live in Stratford, Ontario, Canada, and I have one question to ask. Um, my story has been um, one of a Catholic mom. Uh, really advocating for NFP, living NFP in my marriage and um, embracing it. However, our fertility has been met with multiple miscarriages. We have two beautiful children. I follow a natural family planning doctor who's been wonderful, can't really find anything quite wrong, any reason why I really can't have any more children. But I continue to experience miscarriage after miscarriage. So I know I'm not alone. I think miscarriage is, is underspoken about. And I just didn't know if you had any resources or had any insight to offer or if any of your guests maybe have experienced uh, miscarriage and, and maybe multiple miscarriage and how that looks in a Catholic context. So thank you so much. And again, Danielle, uh, I really appreciate what you do on Girlfriends. Thank you so much, Jenny, for leaving that voice feedback. I think it's really encouraging for me, first of all, to hear the things you enjoy about the podcast. But um, thank you also for sharing about your miscarriages. I'm really sorry that you've experienced such loss in your family life. Um, I know that's a deeply painful thing and that there's a level of grieving that goes on, especially among women who experience multiple miscarriages that I think isn't talked about enough. So you're right. It's an important topic and it isn't talked about enough. One previous guest that I had on was Karen Edmiston, who also has experienced multiple miscarriages and she's written about it beautifully in a book called Hope After Miscarriage. I hope I'm getting that title right. Anyway, I'm going to link it in the show notes on daniellebean.com. And uh, for sure, that's a topic I think that we should take up in a future podcast. It's a very pertinent topic, especially among families who are practicing NFP, among families who are open to life. There really is a level of sacrifice there among people who experience multiple losses like that, that I think isn't talked about enough, isn't appreciated enough. So thank you for your witness, Jenny. Thank you for your support and your encouragement. And thank you for listening to Girlfriends. Hey, Danielle, this is Sarah Reinhardt, and I was listening to your recent episode about how to survive the busy and really relating because our busy starts in basketball season, and I've only got one playing sports right now, but I've got three little ones that I take with me to the practices, to the games, etc., and I see the juggling that's ahead of me, and I see how <laughs> it's preparing me for the crazy that will come, and... I, I think I can embrace it. It'll, I'll live. But one thing I've noticed, as things get crazier and crazier for me, when I start to feel like I'm losing my grip on the crazy, the most important relationship I can focus on, and I do not mean to sound like a holy roller, but this is just, I speak from hard experience here, is that relationship with God. And if I just even take two seconds and say a Hail Mary or an Our Father or whatever prayer is on my heart at that moment. That really makes a huge difference in the busy. And I think it was St. Francis de Sales who said, if you're, if you should pray an hour a day and if you're busy, you should pray too, because he was a crazy man. But I've found 
some wisdom in that. So I just wanted to share that. And it's something that I guess I've learned through hard experience too. Thanks so much for all you do. God bless you. Thank you for that helpful reminder, Sarah. It is so important to focus on that primary relationship that we're meant to have with God, especially when we're busy. Um, the, the quote that you shared from St. Francis de Sales there reminded me of another one that I don't know where it comes from, that if you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. And that is a fact. And that fits right along with the theme of what we're talking about this week in talking about prayer and the truth about prayer and the real ways in which we experience growth in our spiritual lives. And I bet these lovely ladies have inspired you and you want to leave some voice feedback for me to be part of a future show of girlfriends. If you want to do that, it's real easy. Go to daniellebean.com and click on the little tab that says leave voice feedback. Um, just a little note about that speak pipe uh, operation there that I have a free account there um, and you can only leave 90 seconds of a recording. Uh, I had to help out Jenny there because she put together two um, separate recordings um, because she got cut off the first time. And um, I'm thinking about upgrading it, but right now I just don't want to spend the money on it. Um, frankly, I have a really small budget for podcasting and it's maxed out with just um, the hosting and some editing software that I use. So, you know, I'm thinking about possibly using something like Patreon to get some financial support for girlfriends, but I'm just beginning to, to look into that and to consider that. And that might be a way that I could um, do things like upgrade that SpeakPipe account or get, uh, you know, a dedicated phone number for leaving voicemail. I think that would be a really nice way to encourage people to leave that voice feedback. But in the meantime, we're slumming it up with <laughs> that free account at SpeakPipe that you can get to by going to daniellebean.com and just click that little tab. Just keep in mind, you've only got 90 seconds. If you want to call multiple times, go for it and I'll piece your, your voicemail together for you. So thanks for doing that. Listen up, girlfriends. It's time for the weekly challenge. We got this. Okay, so talking about prayer this week. So of course, it's going to be a prayer challenge for you. Um, you know, like I said, when we were talking earlier, everybody's in a different place. You know best where you are and where your prayer life needs improvement. If you're struggling with making prayer a daily habit, um, make it a challenge for yourself this week to maybe say a morning offering every day for a week and see how that changes your frame of mind throughout the week. Or if you're struggling with that idea of spiritual dryness, maybe look for a way to insert a new kind of prayer or to um, access the sacraments in a way that you're not in the habit of doing in the coming week. So my challenge to you is pretty broad, but I want you to spend a little time thinking about your specific situation where where you need to grow in your prayer life and what your your particular challenges are in your prayer life. And, you know, it might be that you're struggling with your prayer life in a very general way. You don't know how to solve it. And your challenge this week is going to be to uh, seek out a spiritual advisor to answer some of your questions about your prayer life or some of your frustrations in your prayer life or um, some of the confusion that you might have experienced in having prayers answered or not answered or seemingly ignored and um, those kinds of frustrations that we sometimes experience even when we're trying to live out a very prayerful life. So that's your challenge. Examine your prayer life and find some small way to work toward improving it in the coming week. And then let me know how you do. You can email me at danielle at daniellebean.com or leave me that voice feedback. 
So now it's time for our weekly girlfriend shout out. And this week's shout out is going to go to Jen, who didn't email me for a shout out. She actually emailed with a question for a topic that she thinks maybe we could take up on a future podcast. And for sure, I'm going to consider doing that. It's related to marriage. You guys have a lot to say about marriage. <laughs> you want a lot of marriage content. Uh, you know, I did that previous episode um, on marriage, uh, you know, easy ways to improve your marriage. Uh, because I was receiving um, requests from people for um, that kind of content, ways to improve your marriage. But then I got a lot of feedback via email, um, a, a lot of private things that I won't be sharing. Um, but if this is a topic that we really need to talk about. Marriage is such an important bedrock of our society, such an important part of our church, such an important vocation that so many of us are called to, and yet such a difficult challenge for many people. And we experience the challenge of marriage in different ways because everyone's marriage is different. Everyone's vocation looks different. And we all struggle. Uh, some of the ways we struggle are, are similar, but everybody has their own unique individual, often hidden struggles with regard to their marriages. But anyway, um, I will be taking up more of these topics. And um, so, but I want to share Jen's email first. This is what Jen says. She says, hi, Danielle. I'm grateful for your podcast on marriage. It was very timely. My husband is a truck driver, so he's on the road three weeks at a time and then home for only a few days. We've been married 20 years and have nine kids. So things are pretty good, but stagnant. I've really tried to avoid complaining while I'm on the phone with him and also I've recommitted to praying for him every single day. Obviously, since he's gone, I'm doing 100% of the childcare and household duties. But what you said with that tip still helped. I'm trying to remember that there are things he deals with every single day that I don't even know about. Many articles and talks about marriage assume couple time on a daily basis. If you have any ideas or tips specifically for those of us with a traveling spouse, I think that might be a great topic. And Jen, I think that is a great topic because... Even those of us who aren't separated on a regular basis for um, extended periods of time, uh, sometimes we're, we're separated for limited periods of time, or even just if one of you's working and one of you's staying home, that's a separation of sorts. So that, that can create a distance between people. And I know your marriage is uniquely challenging in that your husband's gone for lengths of time. Um, so that definitely is something that I'm going to be taking up on a future podcast, that idea of ways that you can stay close, even when perhaps physically you have a distance between you. But in the meantime, even though you weren't looking for it, this shout out is for you, Jen, because you've opened your heart a little bit in a way that I know is difficult for you. You know, telling me that you're recommitting to praying for your husband and trying to reframe your your way of thinking about taking on 100% of the child care and household duties while your husband is away. I know that's huge. I know how hard that is. And I'm so proud of you for making that step in the right direction, that direction toward generosity and openness and love toward your husband. So God bless you for it. And this week's shout out is for you, Jen. Way to go. You are my hero. This shout out's for you, girlfriend. So great job, Jen. We're proud of you. We want to encourage you to take those small steps those hard small steps in the right direction in your marriage. If you have someone in your life who needs a shout out, or if you need a shout out, let me know what's going on in your world. Send me an email at danielle at daniellebean.com. I would love to share your life, that little slice of your life here on Girlfriends. It's so affirming and encouraging for the rest of us to hear about all the different ways that Catholic women are fighting that good fight every day. God bless you guys.
And as always, I want to thank you for being here with me once again. Thanks for being a part of Girlfriends. Thanks for your emails, your questions, your reviews, and just for tuning in each week and listening. Just the fact that you show up each week is so encouraging to me, and I'm so very grateful for your presence here. Thank you for that. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day, and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.